0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Better Call Saul Season 3, Episode 10. It is the season finale. It is called Lantern. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. I've got to say, I don't think either of us were expecting this finale to be what it was. This went I in go. a completely yeah. different direction than I think we were predicting. Uh, but I think it's genius. I agree. And I'll tell you why it's genius. We we were like so Saul's we were like Saul's breaking bad. He's been horrible to the old ladies. He's done so because we were last week. We were like, oh, he's, he's been a right dick. He's been this is awful, what he's done to this poor old woman. He's been menacing. Uh, it seems like he's slipping into these like you know nefarious ways of getting by and starting to slip into who Saul is, who who, who we think of Saul Goodman as. Yes. Uh, and we also obviously have been expecting the entire show that he's eventually going to have a downfall that leads them to the path that takes them to. Breaking Badland, if you will. What this episode did is that it said, yeah, all all that thing, you've you've been predicting this is the start of it all season. Yeah, you're wrong. But here's the genius part of it. He got to the edge. He was tiptoeing over into into that area and then he said, no, I'm better than that. And he fought it and he brought himself back. And Uh, it's genius... because when it eventually does happen now, it's going to be even more painful because he was able to fight at this time. That's it,
1: isn't it? It's, this, it's a It's a hollow victory because it's like, yeah, it's, it's great for him, that he's fought it now, but it's still inevitable. <sighs> this We know the end of his journey, we know he has to fail and it's kind of crushing to watch him succeed almost because it makes it worse.
0: Part of starting to wonder if it's going to be his fault though. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of anything else. I just like I don't know. Like they're, they're swerving me so much and they're, they're playing no, with this That is true. I have to entertain other possibilities. Um, but yeah. So Saul's joining this Now, call me crazy. Did the past seasons have a black and white segment in the finales?
1: I thought they did. But I maybe they did I'm as well. misremembering as well.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm.
1: I could have sworn they did.
0: At least season one, because we've had more than three total, right? It's not just been the th- three premieres.
1: See, now I'm doubting myself. I thought they did, but maybe they never did, and we're just...
0: <laughs> oh god, I'm going to check after we're done. Just I want to know. I have to yeah. make sure I'm not crazy. But yeah, so he he so so the, so the obviously we start with Kim. Kim's had a crash; she's in the hospital, and Saul comes in. and He looks distraught and he, he we see him picking up all the papers at the side of the road and she's sort of sitting there and all this is playing basically in silence it's, i love it's... that he was
1: basically doing his community service
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good point And i do think this whole moment
1: says a lot about Saul. like you said we, we were talking about how he was in such a, a dark place he was on the ab- edge of the abyss you know like about to become Saul rather than jimmy
0: yeah
1: yeah something bad happens to his friend he drops everything it's like now none of that matters he's, he's there for it immediately
0: yeah, because we've often talked about how Saul's actually a good guy, which is why the thing with the old ladies last week felt particularly vindictive and felt mean-spirited. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would anyway, but especially with him, given what he's been like. And why? So I, I think there's two things that contribute, of course, to him fighting back. One, of course, is the shock of Kim almost dying. I think yeah. obviously right away because I loved the, the the scene in the next morning when she gets up out of bed and she kind of against orders gets up and walks to the kitchen because she had to stretch her legs, which I appreciate. You lying down a long time, you need to stretch your yeah. legs. I get it. Uh, she used to feel like she's not completely useless as well. Also, mm. yeah, I mean because there's that moment where she's struggling to cut the food with just the and one then he's hand, just staring, going, "Should I help?" <laughs> and she's like, "I'll feed myself. There are lines we do not cross." <laughs> Um and I appreciate that but his entire tone in that conversation when he started talking about it when he started talking about her in this crash he was blaming himself like right from the get go this was my fault he, yeah. he even though she says look no I was an adult I I made my choice you didn't put me in that car he realizes the part he played in this and it yeah, seemed like, like he like was
1: insisting to- that you know they kept the offices open and insisting that in a way, that's what led to her taking on the extra work. Not directly, yeah. it wasn't his fault per se, but his actions influenced her.
0: It's like everything we spoke about last week where he wasn't really paying attention to what she was going through. I mean, he was kind of seeing it, but not really acknowledging it or processing it. It feels yeah. he like here, in this moment he's went, he's realised that, and he's like, no, right, okay, this is what needs to change, this is what's happened. And this yeah, is what needs-.
1: something drastic happened, and he, and he suddenly saw everything.
0: Yeah, to the point where he's like look, I, we, can, we can't we can get rid of the, the, the lease, but we can sublet. We can rent it out to someone else and uh, we, you can work from home. I can get a desk here. I mean, given you've only got one client, really, you can just work from here. You don't have to be seeing people at the office every day. Whereas, you know, he with his multiple clients, they have to come and see it. almost like a doctor's appointment. Where he's, They're yeah. coming in and out all day. Whereas with her, no one really comes to see her, her office. She, she always goes to them because it's just the one client. Yeah, uh, And they also are one big, giant client that pay her a shitload. Um, but he, his reaction to that and his immediate, like, this is how I fix it, this is how I do this. And then he goes to see Chuck. And we'll talk about other stuff that happened with Chuck. We'll, we'll save Chuck's plot till the end uh, and his side of everything. Mm-hmm. But he goes to see Chuck and he's kind of reluctant and he's, he's not, and then he eventually says, oh, screw it. And he throws his keys and phone in the you know, in the mailbox and he, he goes inside and he, he bangs on the door and uh, demands that he see him, make sure he's okay. And he comes in and he, he basically comes in and he's, he's kind of apologetic. I like that he says, look, it's not all on me. I'm not. I'm never <laughs> going to admit to that, because definitely some of it's on you. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, he's he willing that. to accept that we yeah. were both at fault. Yeah, well, basically what he says is that if I could do things again, I wouldn't do them the same way. Like, he has regrets, is what he's saying. Uh, he's basically saying, look, you're my brother, and regardless of whatever else, we are close, we should be close, kind of thing. And uh, Chuck, in a moment, and it's funny, because, like, ever since they've planted this, wait a minute, he's mentally ill, we probably shouldn't hate him for this. They keep putting us on this ledge where it's like, sometimes he is just being a dick and it's like, oh. And this is one of those scenes because he he basically throws it back in his face. See, I'm going to defend
1: him to a point. I think there is a there is a line that he crosses right at the very end. But when he's saying, yeah, you feel regret, but you keep doing this, I think he's right. Like this is something that like, he, he talks about how yeah, you know, this is what Jimmy always does, where he messes up and then he apologizes. And he—it's not that it's dis—disgenuous. He—he does feel those you're things.
0: On, you're right. You're right that he is right in what he's saying. But part I disagree with, right, is I think Chuck's partly to blame for him being like that because he never actually tries to encourage him to do better. He just expects mm. the worst from him, and it results in the same thing. I'm pretty sure we've talk, talked about this before. How it's yeah, kind of that, yeah. like his own expectations, and not actually trying to be there and teach him the right ways that lead to what he is. Yeah. Um, the
1: problem is, 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 you have to look at how far back did that go? Was there a point where he was trying to teach him, and then he just gave up because he's like, this I, isn't "I don't think so."
0: It? I, I think, I think it's been clearly shown throughout the show that Chuck has been jealous of Jimmy because his mother preferred him since yeah. they were kids, uh, his wife seemed to like him more as a person. That's true. It's, it's That's know, that, her, hasn't it? He's the fun one. Like He's always felt that way. He's been resentful his entire life. And I, I think as much as what he's saying is true, I think, I think what, why this conversation motivates Saul is because he goes, no, I'm not going to get pissed at you and fight back. I'm just going to go and prove that I can do it, that I can not always fail that it's not always an apology afterwards at the very least i'm going to be damn good at the apology yeah kind of thing and it motivates him to go out and we see him go to irene and he he tries to like get him to get to patch things up and he goes to the other ladies and he's like oh look this was really on me and he kind of almost gets the truth but not really but he's trying to patch it up he he understands what he's done was wrong and he feels bad about it um which by the way one of the ladies uh not irene one of the, the ones in the group uh, probably the main one I'd say that kind of has the most dialogue uh, I, I'd recognise her from somewhere and it was bugging me what I recognised her from uh, she was in Twins she was the mother of uh, Diana DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins Just
1: alright
0: yeah, which is a 30 year old movie almost yeah
1: so. so it's kind of impressive that you recognise her uh,
0: well, you know you don't change that much visually when you're that age well, that's true uh, it's, that's true so she's been an old, old lady for a long time uh But, so he tries to patch it up and he kind of fails and it's when he eventually goes to see Kim that he he has this idea because he he says out loud I'm not very good at building things up or repairing things I'm good at tearing things down and he gets the idea that he can use that and that's what we kind of see he intentionally lets them overhear his conversation he kind of puts on with the the girl from the law firm that we've seen uh, last season yeah, um, and lets them hear everything so that he basically makes himself the villain and makes him admit everything, knowing that it'll stop his money coming through, which is which is what ultimately makes it really noble as well. Is yeah. it's not like he's even still getting what he wanted out of it. He he is giving it up to f- be the better fix person. this friendship,
1: yeah, yeah. that's it. Because as, as malicious as he was last week, and he was don't get me wrong, like he was a downright dick. This kind of does make amends for that. Like he gave up literally a million dollars to fix a friendship,
0: which you'll still get one day. But, he will get it eventually, yeah.
1: but not now when he when he actually
0: needed it. But yeah, he nah, can't he, work. But, but but obviously, by this point, he's already agreed with Kim not to keep the office. Therefore, he doesn't really need the money in the same way. But it, it but this is the whole thing. He basically swallows all of his pride in this episode. He he, he admits that I can't really keep that office for the next year, and he admits that oh, I I should just let, let these ladies do their thing and uh, repair it speaking of pride and you know
1: we, we, we spoke a lot about it last week as a mm. major theme and how they, they weren't very good at dealing with it uh kim does the same here where she you know she stops and she goes no i need to take a break that's her you know soaring yeah. her pride and going no i i she because cause at first she's gonna do it out of a sense of pride yeah, and she, duty. she
0: she almost falls immediately back into overworking where francesca's giving her all the stuff yeah, um, and she's like making all these dates, and then she's like, "No, let's not do that." And then it, and you know it's two thousand three because the blockbuster <laughs> exists. Uh, and she's, she's at blockbuster, and I noticed near the front, "Darkness Falls" was one of the movies that there was just several copies of it, and I hate that movie, so it was really annoying me during the scene. Uh, but no, the no, glee no. that she was just picking dvds up and throwing them onto the pail, you know francesca's trying to like, be on the phone and carry a stack yeah, yeah. at the same time it's
1: one of those few times where i remembered what year this was set in because you know yeah. a lot of it i kind of just forget because it's not really that relevant there's not many major differences nah, nah. But, then, but then you got a blockbuster i'm like oh yeah <laughs>
0: That's right, blockbuster. That was a thing once upon a time. Yeah, uh, but no. So, so yeah, swollen. And even the fact that he goes to see Chuck is him swallowing his pride because he wouldn't even want to speak to Chuck. We've seen the way he was speaking about him as like, no, I don't even want to. I don't have a brother anymore. He, you know, he said that line of dialogue a few episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, his his pride was swallowed. He he really is ultimately the better person here. Yeah,
1: and I like how this mirrors with Chuck's, We'll get to that obviously when we talk about Chuck's stuff. But the the idea of swallowing the pride versus not
0: oh yeah yeah um and he, he just everything about this it was kind of like it as much to say it's better sweet because we know he ultimately has to have a downfall uh, and i think that's the genius part of it is that this actually makes it even more tragic when it does go down it is it is kind of a heartwarming episode from his side of the story where he does learn his mistakes he makes amends for it and ultimately i'm like you're a better person now i actually I like you probably more now than I ever have because you actually, you recognise what you did wrong and you went and fixed it. Both in terms of the old ladies, uh, everything you've done with Kim. like Even
1: his brother, like he, he tried. He, he didn't succeed uh, uh, with his brother like he did with Kim
0: and, but, and the old ladies, but he went, he took the initiative and he tried to fix yeah. it. He, he, he tried to be a responsible person uh, and yeah. he, he mostly succeeded. Uh, and that's and all you can all you can try is that he, all you can ask is that he tries. Well, well, really. that's
1: it, the one that he failed at was wasn't his fault. He he yeah. went over there and like you say, he was the the bigger man. He tried, but if, if the other person did not want as, that, then there's nothing you can do.
0: And as you allude, so he I mean, if if you don't think Chuck was being a dick before, and I think he was honestly, uh, but he does cross that line at the end where he leans in and says, "And you know what, Jimmy, you never really matter to me all that much anyway."
1: Yeah. That's a, a crushing way to end that conversation.
0: Um But Saul doesn't let it beat him down. He kind of alright, that bird is uh, Burned. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a long day, okay? <laughs> that bridge is burned. And it he, he goes off and he starts fixing all the things. He he deals with things. Uh, and I really like everything. See the scene, uh, the last scene with him and Kim at the office and they're packing everything up and you know the the moving guys take everything away and they're just yeah. kinda left. And they have a the little conversation about the Rolodex, and they throw it in the throw it in the garbage and whatever. Uh, but they stare at their wall, and I like that Kim sort of looks over to Ken. like she's not even defeated. Like you'd think she'd be more depressed after after having the hat, but you know she she is sort of detoxing, as it were. She is enjoying her movie. She's watching To Kill a Mockingbird and remembering why she even wanted to do, do this. All. Do you know
1: what? I love the visuals of that shot because usually you have the 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 W and the M mm. right. You have the W first, and then which is lower down than the M. But in this shot, it's all it's got a big reflection at the top. Hmm. And so it puts the M above first and the W lower. So it's kind of like, yeah, even though the, the, it's nice now, it's still like at some point he's going to put himself above her.
0: It's kind of what I was reading from it. I did not read that. Uh, this was a sweet moment. You're being so cynical. I,
1: I am being cynical. You're
0: being so awfully cynical. This was a sweet moment between the two of them. And that that's what I think the point of the scene is, though, is that He's actually, because I think all season, even though they've technically been a couple and they've technically been living together, they've not really felt like an actual couple that have been there for each yeah. other that much. Certainly not in the last half of the season. Uh, and this was them kind of, because she leans in and kisses them at the end of this scene, and it's probably the most genuine kiss they've had all season. Where oh, it, definitely. It, it feels like a genuine, loving moment. And uh, yeah, so it, it leaves them in this kind of content place. Because even though they've, they've kind of failed at this specific thing, that they set out to do. Uh like, yeah, we can be back in a year doing this uh, somewhere else. Uh and yeah, you know, there was there was this hopeful tone to it. Which again, yeah, it makes the, the ultimate downfall we're going to have to get to kinda of crushing, uh more so than it even was before. And it was already pretty crushing. Like we were already yeah. dreading it. It's it's to the point
1: now where I just I just don't want it to happen. I just don't. I don't change change the future.
0: Which is why I'm thinking there might even be a swerve and like the actual circumstances of it coming about might actually be see the, I, I get what you're saying but that sounds like it's almost just
1: wish fulfillment it's like to make you feel better about it i feel like they won't it, it will be his choice and it no, will I, be I, a voluntary thing just as a, yeah. a real make yeah. sure you you know it's a gut punch
0: v- very possibly but i just i, I could see them swerving us i feel like they do it so often I, in mean, the show. They
1: could. I mean like this this episode as a whole this episode was a swerve like to what we were expecting i, I was not
0: Even... ex- i was not expecting this last episode to be so upbeat and like kind of heartfelt no no. Where I was like, I was like happy. I was like, that's just kind of sweet. Like, he's actually doing the right thing. Like, I was feeling happy about what was going on. I was not expecting that at all from this episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, this was such a swervy episode that even the title is a swerve. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Lantern, you know, yeah. It, yeah. But it's just, it's obviously that conjures specific images that, you, you know, expectations, yet it's all subverted again.
0: Yeah. Even the way Jimmy's dressed throughout most of this um he dresses up a bit when he goes to see the ladies because he's putting on you know he's putting on the show uh, for them but i like that because he had that ridiculous suit on last episode he had that white suit uh, this was you know it was the showman's suit when he was like conning yeah. the ladies uh whereas here like, when he's talking to kim he, he's just in a polo shirt it feels like you know the character's been stripped away he's actually back to being real a real person again it,
1: that goes for kim as well like she's just in her pajamas when was the last oh, time sure. you saw her not in uh, her business suits because obviously she's been sleeping in them, basically.
0: But that's that's why I'd go back to saying Chuck actually is a dick. Because yeah. Chuck does not see him as a human being. He does not see Saul as a person. No.
1: no he
0: sees a, He sees him as this series of mess-ups. This this series of... This this mess who shouldn't be allowed to do anything in the law... You know, the law... Yeah. yeah. That industry, the right word? Just the law. You don't have to put anything after it. Anything in... Law pra- pra- the practice of law... Was well, the correct way of saying the sentence? I'm not he, quite sure. I'm he happy.
1: doesn't want him to be a law practitioner.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, but like again, it just it feels like he does not see his brother as a person. The way he treats him, the way. But this is the thing. This is the thing. With, this this is the thing with Chuck. Is I think that he underestimates what his brother actually means to him. As much as he says to him, "You never matter to me," I don't think he understands how much he did matter to him. Uh, we'll save that for a minute, though. I wanted. Well, We'll go, do, go to natural before we do Chuck, because Chuck's yes, definitely yes. The, the final thing we should talk about. Uh, so, natural, had a couple of scenes. Uh, first one was bringing uh, Hector into his dad's store, showed him where things would be kept, yada, yada, yada. And he basically tries to do it without him having to meet his father. He tries to make that, that part not happen and just have it all go through him to keep the piece a little bit more easy. Uh, but his dad's standing there, Hector sees him. And he goes over, and his father's very uncomfortable. And Hector makes with the sort of the nice but the like kind of, but I'm a gangster. And I'll kill you if you don't do what I say. Yeah, so yeah, smell back very at me.
1: thinly veiled threats.
0: Yeah, and he puts all the money on the table, and and Nacho's dad just says, "Please get out of my store." And this I, like, can... I just just I like that
1: how uh, Hector stood in front of the little ding bell during this. Did you did you see? Uh, it? no no
0: you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did
1: did yeah. he even ring it at one point? I'm not sure if he did, but I, I, I definitely noticed him stood next to him when he was
0: putting the money down. I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just my in my head because I associate him with the ringing the bell that I just yeah. I just put it in the scene myself in my head. It's yeah. possible, but he so yeah, it, it gets very uncomfortable. It's a very tense scene actually, because especially since because Nacho's the one to be kind of relate to the most because he's the one that we followed and we understand yeah. more his his fear. That entire scene—the way his eyes were looking over at his dad, and like, please, please, just say yeah. something nice. Just, just try to massage the situation into a reasonable place. And then when he goes outside afterwards, and he runs after uh, Hector, and Hector says, "I don't trust him." It's like, um, bad things happen to people that he says he doesn't trust. Yeah, yeah.
1: I did notice though that again, uh just that he did swallow his pride. Ultimately, he resisted at first. But he, he stood down, he took the money, he was like, alright, I'm going to, you know, trust his son.
0: Ah, sure, sure. I mean, his pride, obviously this is a different type of pride, and that I think his pride here is in the right, it's just, no, you'll get shot <laughs> oh, it if is. you don't. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it's it's more the idea of when you stick to your pride, bad things will happen, whereas if you if you sometimes accept that you, you have to just follow along with something else, then maybe it will be the best result overall.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, again, obviously, this one's very different from all the other. Yeah. All the other examples are all self-inflicted pride that cause more problems. Whereas this is now his pride's is actually a good thing. His his pride. It, of being it's, a, it's a good
1: thing, but yeah. it would end up bad for him in this situation.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, and obviously, the later scene is that uh, Gus is there, and it's basically Hector being told once again, "No, no, all of the products going to move through the the chicken trucks. He's going to have to accept that." Hector gets agitated, gets really upset, and this is when the, the, the heart attack or whatever hits, and he goes yeah. down uh, to the point where he drops the, the pills and they have to call an ambulance, all the rest of it. Of course, the most interesting part of this whole thing, though, is at the end of the scene, when Gus, like, because cause the, the, the the paramedics are there, and they're like, oh, asking the usual information, they say, oh, is he taking any medication? And Nacho hands over the, 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 you know, pills. the, the pills, the prescription yeah. bottle. And Gus is lo- just looking at it. He's like, just, he, it just gives him a glance. He, just, he knows. Oh, he knows. Well, partly because he made a point of like kneeling down and picking all the picking the bottle up and picking up all the pills. Now, to anyone else in the scene, that may have just look like he was picking them up and putting them back in. We know he was replacing them. But Gus, of course, is a very observant man. Well, if there's one thing we know about Gus is that he. Keeps an eye on these things. I
1: think even if he was just picking them up, I think that would seem strange in that moment because this this man, his boss, is just collapsed. He's dying, and you're worried about picking up some pills off the floor.
0: Oh, sure, sure, but I I think think, I I think Gus. I think Gus probably
1: saw it anyway, but I think that's why he looked over because this was a strange reaction. I think. I love the fact that Gus is the first one to go and save him. You know, he's the first one to go. Right, come on, we got to. Call the ambulance, and he's the one that goes over and does CPR. Added it's injury. It is, it is. It's you know knowing where it goes. It's 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 again. You know how Saul says if he could make thing choices different. This this is a this is an opportunity Gus could have just taken.
0: Ah. Uh yeah maybe like yeah yeah given where it, it leads sure oh yeah i just mean in this is
1: everyone there stood around in shock no one even thinks about how to react and i think they're all contemplating do we just let him die is this easier for us
0: i don't i don't think that's i i, I don't because the way i read this scene with from gussie's perspective is i think that he, he's doing this to put on the show that he is loyal to the, the system, yeah, the, yeah. the crime families, all the rest of it. And I, but I think inside he knows he's adding some insult to injury that he's the one who he's going to have to thank for not being dead. Should he survive? Cause he may still die. Like even if he gets to the hospital, he may still not yeah. make it. But I feel like from his perspective here, no, sure. Yeah. If he knew what the future was bringing, sure. Yeah. This would be a regret. Well, that's it, isn't it?
1: Like I, I have to imagine Gus con- contemplated letting him die just because he's, he would go right. Is is this easier
0: just to let him die and get him out of the way? He doesn't hesitate though. Like everyone else, might be thinking that, but he he acts right away. He, he does, doesn't he? He, I I think he just. I think Gus is pretty genuine in his like strong beliefs of this of the you know the crime system and respecting mm. the overall boss and all the rest of it. I feel like he doesn't have that thought because he, or at least if he does have that thought, he's very good at. Not letting it show that he's even yeah. having that thought that he's 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 act he's acting on the impulse and it looks like he's the first one to react and all the rest of it. I don't think it's something he actually ever would because it's it's really not only ending because it's 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 because that end Breaking Bad it's Hector that's resentful of him. Gus yes. is Gus is happy all through Breaking Bad until certain yeah. events, uh, but you know. So unless you could predict that, um, right? Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. So I I don't think it is a case of regret. I, if anything, I think that he's going to. He he's ha- he's going to be happy with what Hector's situation is going to be after this. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that every time he uh, he sees him, he's going to be able to just have that smug look in his face that
1: that he won essentially. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I wonder if this leads to him hiring Nacho, since he since he seemed to notice uh, the cause. Yeah, of, yeah. It's it's kind of the same way how he ended up hiring Mike. He's like
1: he he was impressed by something that he did, and he's yeah. like, okay, you you've got a good initiative.
0: I like you. Especially if he eventually finds out why he did what he did, he may yeah. respect the family angle because he he's, he's very yeah. protectful of his family. Yeah, even beyond just family, I
1: think Gus respects people doing things for noble reasons. Like like mm. with Mike, he respects that Mike's doing this, you know, out of out of sense of duty for someone else. It's not necess- even even if it's not just his family. You know, whenever whenever he does something, it's an innocent got caught up in this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh... Absolutely. Speaking of Mike, there was no Mike in this episode, which is kind of strange. But I, I guess his handshake with Gus from before was kind of the end of his arc for this season. So that works. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. It, but it was, like I say, it was kind of strange that he wasn't here. But I mean, it's, it's strange in that he's like the second main character, but like I say, that handshake was the end of his arc for the season. That works as the end of his story for this year. So it doesn't even matter. No, no,
1: it doesn't bother me. And I think they integrated him with jimmy a lot better this year compared to season two that was one of my major problems season two. they were just the, both stories were great but they were so parallel where they never really crossed over at all it felt like it was almost two separate shows whereas in this season they've done a much better job of integrating it all together um, I, it felt like here
0: they felt like okay we don't need
1: him here because he's been integrated
0: i remember you making that criticism in season two and i remember saying i do not care and i still don't <laughs> um so yeah uh, either way, I'm 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 pretty happy. So that brings us on to Chuck, who, as much as as good as Saul's stuff was with Kim and learning from his mistakes and reconciling and all the rest of it, the highlight of the episode is probably Chuck's portion of the portion of the, the events. That and uh, obviously we open with the, the small little flashback of uh, Saul and Chuck as kids and Chuck's reading them a story and they've got a the lantern in front of them.
1: Yeah, the I'll give it. A shout. I don't know if it was the kid. I don't know if they got a, a different voice actor to dub over or if it was even McKean dubbed in and, and edited. But it sounded so much like him.
0: Hmm.
1: I thought it was an incredible job of sounding like him.
0: Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we see we see him at the firm, at HHM, and the the entire board is there uh, with uh, with uh, Howard and Chuck at end of the table. I love
1: that first shot is Chuck. On his own, you know, he's in the middle and there's two empty seats next to him. Just, just showing you how he's alone. And then it cuts around and it's the rest of the board.
0: I tell you what I liked about this scene. Uh, it kept returning to this idea of the camera moving up and down the table, just looking at Chuck. Yeah. Uh, and it was really focusing on those, like they've got those little sort of uh, kind of arc little, lights. Yeah. Fluorescent the little, little, lights. Little archways, though. Little, little kind of hmm. like you know, if, if they were bigger, there'd be something you'd walk through. Kind of idea. Uh, these yeah. little arcs but they're, they're all up the middle of the table and the, the, the camera just kept pulling back past them and going back over them and it was just kind of back and forth it really felt like the scene was a tug of war between the two characters bit, and yeah trying to like win over the uh the ground as it were and uh basically chuck makes his his speech where he's like ah oh, this is the interest of the company and you've got these options and one would be this but it bankrupt you. one would be this it would talk your reputation blah 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 does his whole thing? This whole thing where he thinks he's got everything locked in. That there's not a chance in hell that this isn't going his way because he he can't accept defeat again. That's his pride showing. Yeah. And Howard tells everyone else to leave the room, and he basically calls out, and his bullshit. It's like it's not the interest of the firm. Maybe one one at one time it was. Yeah, sure. When you were building the firm and all that, yeah, it was. Your that, that that was what you had. Uh, the best interest of in your heart. But now this is bullshit. You, you care about yourself. You care about winning. And that's all it is. Everything's a personal vendetta, and that is it. Uh, and I think it really hurts Chuck when H- Howard says, nope, you'll get the first of three payments, $3 million, uh, much of which is my money, out of, yeah, out of my personal says, accounts.
1: personal funds and loans. That's how desperate he is to to just pay him.
0: That, that's how much he wants rid of him. That's how much it means to him just to get rid of him from the farm, because that's how much he believes is harming it. Yeah. And... Obviously this takes Chuck back at, at, at the moment, and in, in and of itself, just this idea that he is willing to pay out of his own pocket to get rid of him, that is how much he wants him gone. He's he's immediately distraught, you can see it on his face, there's yeah. no hiding it. And then he goes outside, and all the employees, the law firm are all in the lobby, There's even the balcony above them's full of people. Yeah. And Howard announces, oh, no, Chuck's leaving immediately. Uh, let's give him a round of applause. And it's this... Because uh, obviously all the employees don't know why he's leaving. They're just, you know, hey, hey happy boss. Hey, ha- enjoy your retirement kind of thing. Mm. And But it's as beautiful. And most of, the, most of the scene from this point on is one shot of uh, Chuck coming down the stairs and sort of, like, faking, like, shaking hands and sort of smiling at people. And it, But it's all all a facade none of it's real it's it's all just him pretending that this is what he wants that he can he can he, he can't be humiliated again like he was in court and let it show that this is not what he wants that he lost that he this is against his will yeah he
1: couldn't even bring himself to make a little speech to everyone and we know how good he is at making speeches and we know how much he loves making speeches
0: yeah yeah the fact that he was speechless for once was actually yeah. kind of kind of amazing and notable it, it,
1: yeah it was a, it was a powerful moment because it's like he doesn't trust himself to yeah. say anything and not look broken.
0: Then of course that final shot of going out the uh, the automatic doors and the, uh, it's the the blinding light of outside it. just the exposure was set so that the light from outside was, it was like he was walking out into the, you know, into the bright light of death, essentially. Yeah. Do, do you know what I love though as
1: well? Just because this is where it cuts away, but it doesn't the doors don't quite close. It's like, maybe this isn't quite the end of the story. It, it, it is how it plays at the time.
0: Hmm. Uh. But obviously we have that scene with, uh, with Saul uh, and he tells him he doesn't matter. And what I like about this is that, that we actually, can, when Saul leaves that scene, we don't go back with Saul and follow what he's doing. We actually stay with Chuck. We stay with him and his story continues. And we see he's got lights on and all the rest of it still. It seems like he's, he's kind of coping. Um, and then we see him try to get to sleep that night. And he's struggling. And to the point where he wakes up and he has to do his little memory exercises to try and not feel as bad. Uh, but he turns the light off And he tries to go. But you get the idea that something's not quite right, that maybe this conversation with Saul is maybe triggered something. Well,
1: that's it. I think it's part Saul and part the job because after everything that went down with Saul, the job was the one thing he had left. It was the one thing he fought for. And he did fight for this quite desperately here at the end. Like He tried everything he had to stay. It was all he cared about doing. I mean, even his whole thing with when Saul broke it was because he thought he'd got something wrong in his job and he couldn't cope with that. So, yeah. as, as much as it was part of this conversation with Saul, I do think that played a, a big part of it as well.
0: Oh, no, it, it certainly did. Uh, I'll talk about that a bit more when we get to the final scene, but the, I, I think it's very notable that it happens right after this scene with Saul, though. Because yeah. I, I think... I, talk, I talked a little bit earlier about how... About he doesn't really actually understand how much Saul meant to him. And I think... Because from everything we've gathered, when he first got this condition, it was after his wife left. Yes. And it seems like that wasn't even like a... It didn't even seem like she broke up with him. It felt like she wanted to go and do this other thing, he wasn't willing to give up his life, and he, maybe not quite in a mean-spirited way that he did with Saul in this scene, but he probably shut her out. He probably, yeah, he pushed her away. He pu- yeah, he pushed her away, exactly. Um, And it was after that that this happened to him. And I don't think he quite understands... How much he depends on other people in his life. He he likes to act like he doesn't need anyone. He likes to act like he's like a, a lone wolf who can survive on his own, but he can't.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like this illness is a a manifestation of his guilt, his anxiety,
0: guilt and, and loneliness. Certainly, yeah,
1: loneliness plays a yeah. too. It's 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 just a manifestation of these emotions that that happen. You know, when he when he has these rough, probably some of the roughest moments of his life in yeah. reality. You know. Losing his wife.
0: But I don't think he can accept it's his fault. I don't think he, he can accept that it. It's just that he's missing someone. Because this is the thing. He, he he goes through that with his job, with the you know, the the forced retirement. He goes down the stairs, they're all clapping. Probably almost as humiliating to him, even though no one else in the room is aware of it, other than Howard, obviously, who is probably soaking it up at this point. Yeah. Um. No one else is aware this is a humiliating moment for him, but it is. And after this, this would be the time when, so- when Saul comes to him and tries to make amends... This would be his. This a lifeboat. This this is someone throwing out the life raft and saying, "Here, here's a line. I'm here for you. You can take this, and we can salvage something." And he doesn't take it because he can't admit that he needs it. Again,
1: this is this is the pride coming back in. He's he's too proud of you know the fact that he thinks he can do it all on his own. That he's so confident in his abilities that and he doesn't need anyone else. He's like, no, I don't. Especially not Saul. He, goes, he which who we know he looks down on. He's like, I don't need you, especially.
0: Yeah, yeah. He really looks down. So again, Nadie doesn't look like it. Look, look at him as if he's a human being. He doesn't seem as yeah. a three-dimensional person. Uh, and obviously, he, he calls and cancels his appointment with the doctor. Does all these things, and he starts to. He, we see him like flip off all the, you know, all the the breaker switches. The breakers, yeah, yeah. And he's switching everything off. He, he gets rid of all the lights. And he still. He goes outside and he checks the meter. And it's still ticking, yeah. and it's it's bugging him because he can still feel it inside. So he, he tries to find it. He phones the you know the electric company. He's like, oh, send someone out. It's still ticking, even though there's nothing on. Something's clearly using power somewhere. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, we can come in Wednesday because it's not an emergency. <laughs> like yeah. clearly, it's not like for anyone else. This wouldn't. Well, yeah. no one else would turn everything else off and not expect it to be ticking up at all. But it, So, but he's clearly obsessed to the point where he starts. He, tra- he starts trying to find the wiring in the walls. He starts ripping things apart. And this is when it, it was getting back to this. This is a fantastic montage, by the way, uh, with the yeah. music playing, him doing all this. And he's clearly losing his mind. And this is when it came back. It's like, okay, earlier on, he was being a complete dick. Now, clearly him being a dick and him being mentally ill kind like, of go hand in hand. They, they, they marry each other, very certainly. But this was when, when he started doing all this with the walls, I started to feel bad again. Because- you
1: feel sympathetic, don't you? You, you feel like... it's rough watching him go through this
0: here's the word i would use i felt pay i didn't hate him anymore i felt pay for him because he's going through this he's being obsessed he's ripping parts of the walls down and it gets worse as the episode goes on we come back to it and it's like just there's just chunks taking it you know what i
1: think is the real worst part i think there's two options as to what's happening here one i i think he's imagining that dial moving because it's moving pretty slowly you know no No, he he is Oh, see, no, I'm not entirely... I'm going to present another option in a second.
0: No, 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 he is. I okay. Have proof. <laughs>
1: is the proof that it's the same number? Yeah. Yeah, see I've, see, I've seen, again, other people say because of how little power something could use, if, depending on what it is, it could take, like, an entire two days because it's measured in kilowatts if something only it, it is in, like, a watt. The option I've that been... I think it could be is, do you remember when Mike planted that bug? did he plant a bug did he not when you know when he needed the pictures he took um, photos yeah but did but he not did, did he, i thought he planted a bug up in the wall
0: i don't nah, i don't think so you sure i, don't, I really don't remember i a i remember him taking photos um I he was remember fixing that, the but... door I, I don't remember a bug but i mean i could be hmm. wrong
1: okay maybe then I, I i just for some reason i remember implanting a bug maybe i'm mixing it up with the taking photos i thought i did both for some reason um, but if he, if he did plant a bug, and there is something there that is physically making the meter go up, and it was essentially Saul's fault, that's kind of tragic.
0: <laughs> oh, I think you're, off on, you're going off on a tangent there. I don't know if I agree with any of this. Uh, I, don't know.
1: I really could have saw there was a bug in there.
0: No, 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 not about the bug. I mean, there may or may or not been a bug, but I, I don't think that's... that's not how I read this at all. I read this as pure sick obsession that this, yeah, yeah. this is purely just him going nuts uh, I, I that this is a man losing his mind and being obsessed about it I, I don't and so what if there is what if there is one thing on somewhere like big deal well, no, but
1: yeah yeah that, that's the thing It would still read as him being sick and obsessed because he should be able to beat you know this one little thing we've sh- we've shown how he was coping with all the house on but i think just the idea that if there was actually something there and it was something left over from from Jimmy's meddling before.
0: This is Chuck doing this to himself. I I think that's the thing that's the most tragic about this episode is that Chuck did all of this to himself. Yeah.
1: He he he, he almost chooses to to do some of the, like to do this, like in the sense that not,
0: not even just in this episode though. The no. way Saul treated him in that courtroom was his own fault. He it did was, this. Yeah. He he created that relationship. He created this relationship with Hamlet. He did all of this. Everything here is his fault.
1: Right. I was going to go back to even the illness, like you say, where it, it manifested after his his wife left him. But we speculate that he pushed her away. It was kind yeah, of probably his, his choice guilt. again. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I I don't know. I I I I mean, if there is a bug and it it was Saul that is kind of to blame, I don't think he is to blame. Even if there is a bug, like yeah. it, it it's Chuck Saul Chuck Um. I think it I think it would be for a more fascinating story. I actually, honestly, it'll kind of it won't feel cheap. But see if see if that is the case, and they make a point of like pointing out. I feel like that will diminish the the simplicity of it. Because I think I think it's actually more tragic that it, this is just a person who is losing their mind and ultimately at the end seemingly commits suicide.
1: I I agree with what you're saying, but part of me goes would would it be not be more tragic if it if even he thought he was losing his mind there at the end. That's why he makes this choice to commit suicide, because he's like, no, I've lost my mind. I I can't do this anymore. But if there was actually something there, and he wasn't wasn't entirely crazy like he thought, would that not be sadder? No. (laughs) All right.
0: No, it's still sad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's cheery. But... I just really, it, like,
1: uh, yeah, it's preference.
0: At this point, I I it. I just like the idea that this is just him and there's nothing else. Like, like that. that Saul respects his wishes and just goes after yeah. that scene, and it doesn't matter that this is this is all on him. Um, and for me, like, because I think Saul's going to blame himself anyway. Like when oh, Saul finds out so. what's happened, Saul's going to take some of the blame just because he's he's going to feel that way. Yeah. Um, I, especially but, after the final conversation he had with him. Yeah, which is why I don't think, like, oh, there was a bug there that kind of links it. It actually makes it kind of Saul's fault. Like, I feel like I feel that like just cheapens it and makes it like an obvious plot device yeah. kind of thing. Whereas what this show is so good at, and what I really liked about him going nuts in this episode and getting obsessed, is that I did go through that roller of emotions where it was like, oh, he he is just sick. He he is he he is genuinely mentally ill, and this is obsession. This is really sad to watch. And when he ultimately gets to the end, and he he's lost everything, and I think that that final scene where he is he's sitting there and his house has all been torn down again, representing his life, the whole thing is just and shatters, and he's just kicking the table to put the lantern over, like like he's just decided in that moment it's not a planned thing. He just he's, he sees it. It's like that'll work, and he does it. That, yeah. And I think there's a nice little metaphorical thing here as well, because he keeps kicking the table, uh, and the idea that everything that sort of led to this was one more kick that almost yeah. pushed the lantern over. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the hearing, lo- losing, you know, the forced retirement, uh, there's all these things just added up, and then it was the final nudge. that.
1: Yeah, it's all it takes. You know, all those kicks, the, if you just stop, that's it. Uh, the lantern's still fine, but mm. one more, and there it all goes. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that, like you say, th- this this event after the conversation with Saul, this that was the final kick.
0: I think the sad part of it is he knows. He knows inside that this isn't a real condition. Yeah. And yet he, but, he, he feels... But he's still
1: a, uh, it's this idea that even though he knows it's in his mind, he's still a slave to it. And he's, 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 be- he's broken, he's beaten. He's like, I can't beat this. This is you know the lowest he's ever been, obviously.
0: Because he refuses to accept that he actually needs other people. It, exactly. it all comes down to that. It comes down to his it, pride. It uh, and... Yeah, he's he's left with nothing because you know, Saul may 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 have done bad things in his life, he may have, you know, been shady and all that. But Saul other than last week and what, he he realised his mistakes and he went back and fixed it, he's typically cares about the people around him. He he tries to make those relationships matter. That's why people like him. Uh, yeah. and Chuck, for whatever reason, has never had that and he's never been able to suss that. Uh, so I guess the final question to ask is is he actually dead
1: that's it isn't it because it cuts away and pulls back and you just see the fire starting outside from from you see it inside the house through the window but I don't know I, uh, part of me hopes so not because I just want him gone but because it would be a very powerful ending to his story
0: it would be No, and I, and I
1: question where do you go after that if he's not dead but then, if, if if he's not dead, I'm sure they'll answer that for me, and they've got a much better answer than, than either of us could come up with.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, part of me thinks it does feel like a very, very strong ending to his story. That, uh, he's you know we've had a, this three season arc with him from from the start, um, and it feels like sort of concluding the the first. Not that I think this show's going to go six seasons per se, but it really feels like it's the it's the turning point in the season and the sh- in the show as a whole. Yeah. And it would make me wonder how does Saul react to this if he is dead where does it go from here because if he's not dead then presumably it'll be burned or injured or at least the house is burned down and they they, they know that this has happened and uh, you know I, I don't That's know it. like
1: yeah is is it more interesting if he's if he is dead and Saul has to be like no that was my final conversation with him why didn't I try harder you know all that and he has to live with uh, the 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 fact that ultimately they never made amends
0: yeah or yeah. is
1: it more interesting that if he is alive and and it's almost a, a second chance, but it's still going to go wrong again that at is, some though, point.
0: If he is dead, like, I almost... Like, Saul will feel bad, don't get me wrong, and he, he will have he will be upset that that was the last conversation. But ultimately, over the last several years, Chuck has done nothing but push him away, and that final conversation was, yeah, you didn't matter to me. So I would almost, like... I, I almost couldn't see it being his breaking point
1: no, I don't think it would be either. Yeah,
0: it'll affect them, sure. But I can't buy that that'll be it'll the
1: thing It'll be, to, to, uh, to keep the analogy going, it'll be another kick for Soul's table.
0: But yeah. it won't be the final kick. Nah, the final kick has to be Kim. Has to be. Kim...
1: Especially as they've ended in such a strong place this season. Like, because they've ended stronger now than they have been for most, if not all, of the season.
0: Possibly mm. the whole show. Like they, feel. Yeah. I mean, sure, they're maybe not professionally in the best place they've been in the whole show, but I feel like in terms of them being close, in terms of their relationship, they feel that like they're at an all-time high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, yeah. she she has to be the final kick. Oh but. god.
0: I know. I feel, feeling of dread. I know,
1: but like I was saying, you know, like this this episode really subverted everything, even the title. When I when I saw it was Lantern, and there's been lots of speculation about of the lanterns accidentally setting fire to to Chuck's house. And that's going to be, you know, because it's been lots of shots of it throughout the show.
0: Yeah, and they've even brought it up a couple of times, even this season.
1: Right, exactly. So it was something that when I saw that, I was like, huh, but I thought his house was normal again now when I saw the tile before I watched it. But then when it turned out, it was just that ultimately it was his choice that led to the lantern. It was just, it completely subverted what I expected going in.
0: And it's also kind of a final dick move. He he doesn't even make it clear that he committed suicide. He's intentionally like, well, this is what you think is going to happen so you can feel bad now that I'm gone. Uh, you know, there's... A-
1: yeah, yeah. Because now, they don't know that he kicked it. it. Let's assume he's dead. And as a reason for maybe presenting his... Uh, to give Saul a reason to feel guilt, he'll go I thought he was better, but clearly you know, we didn't pay enough attention. We should have maybe tried harder to make sure he was better. Whereas... He's regressed, and accidents have happened, and now look what it's led to. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's going to be a dark opening to season four. I'll say that. It much. is, yeah. Which has not been officially renewed yet, although I'm feeling fairly confident. I have no,
1: no reason to fear at this point.
0: But no, uh, that was a strong season of soul.
1: It was it's, it's best yet? I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think my only my only complaint of this season would maybe be that it did have this kind of thing where it felt like it ended like a big you know it almost had a season finale in the middle of the season and then slowed down again and then sped back up
1: yeah but i think it's because it's built on obviously this doesn't work without seasons one and two already having been so no of course not of course not. But because it's just a, a constant build of layers this is ultimately the best yet
0: Oh, sure, sure. I, like I say, it's just from a structural point of view, that would be my only complaint about the it, season. It,
1: it was a bit strange,
0: yeah. Just the way that the momentum builds up, and then it has a conclusion, it's, and then it starts from scratch again. Yeah,
1: the problem is, it's like you don't want them to have dragged out that out any longer, because it, it was paced so well. But it leaves the season itself feeling strange, even though it works in the overall narrative of the story.
0: It only, it only matters just now, though. You know, in, in a few years when you're binge-watching all five seasons... Uh, it,
1: yeah, one matter.
0: Uh, in a month it'll be just plays one big story anyway. So who gives a shit? <laughs> but yeah. um, right now it feels a bit weird because it's you know it's a season of TV and been a year now for the next batch, and, yeah, um, that kind of thing. So
1: it's gonna be a long year.
0: It's gonna be a long year, and the last break was actually longer than a year. It was, yeah, uh, it was a full year.
1: If, if they push it again, so it's another full year... It'll
0: be the summer next year before we get the season four.
1: I'm going I'm to be pretty annoyed about that if that happens.
0: I don't know. Summer content's not a bad thing. I they... know,
1: but, but <laughs> if they can pull it back up to February, I wouldn't mind that either.
0: Oh, I don't see that. I, I, best case scenario it's the same as this year. I know, I know.
1: I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being hopeful.
0: Best case. But... That is us, that is season 3, A Better Call Saul. So, let us know what you thought of the finale, and obviously the season as a whole, uh, in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore Fuzz, channel updates, all that stuff. Um, get us on Patreon.com slash TV If you want to support the channel, you can head over there, check out some of the bonuses that are on offer. Uh, sort of keep us doing what we're doing. Uh, but otherwise, guys, that is us. So, thank you very much for watching. Once again, keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?